I know I got to be right now Cause I can't get much stronger Man, I've been waiting all night now That's how long I've been on ya Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report On 88.3 FM Ann Arbor Where the puck drops here Let's get lost tonight You could be my black Kate Moss tonight Play secretary on the ball tonight And you don't give a f*** what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior Damn, they don't make them like this anymore I ask, cause I'm not sure Do anybody make real d- anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness Cause right now, that has forsaken us You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this fake So go ahead, go nuts, go ace Especially in my pastel on my paper Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this, haters is king of the media. I suppose our youngsters would say cornball or square. And now, CBN Radio brings you... But all the all the broadcast uh, uh, media can do to give them a sense of flavor. It's all vegetable. It's digestible. It's delicious and nutritious, bite-sized and ready to eat. It's made with real egg formula. And here's a nice-looking record package in from New York. I woke up this morning with WCBN. America's ace of the airways. If this instrument is good for nothing but to entertain, amuse, and insulate, and we will soon see that the whole struggle is lost. And believing that radio has a responsibility to serve in the public interest at all times, we are turning over our facilities to the state militia at WCBN FM Ann Arbor BN WCBN FM WCBN FM Ann Arbor WCBN FM Ann Arbor WCBN Ann Arbor A very pleasant, peaceful feeling. You relax deeper and deeper each downward count of my voice ten. Relaxing deeper, nine, letting the body gently begin to sink deeper, eight. Eight point three. Yes, it's like a push button radio, you see. 24 hours a day. Whether you like it or not. Oh, we're limited to a 500-mile radius now, but we're working to extend that limit.
Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and uh, my partner Jim Dwyer will be back next week. He's got uh, school responsibilities this week. Meanwhile, we uh, the Red Wings await an opponent. It could be anybody except L.A. I think I mathematically concluded it cannot be L.A. So we'll see what happens. Vancouver looks like they're falling apart. So I have a hunch that the Red Wings will start off at home, but anything can happen in a Game 7. So we will see. But uh, we can't play L.A. In any event, um, I'm looking at a screen of peeps. So Easter is uh, come and gone, and... uh, Spring appears to be on the way, as does flooding. It looks like uh, with all this rain we've been having in the Ohio River Valley and the Mississippi River Valley, uh, there's going to be flooding this year once again in the Mississippi. So uh, stay tuned for the Tea Party representatives demanding government bailouts and spending on their uh, plight. Obviously, the big story of today is the probably the Guantanamo uh, Bay, uh, or the Guantanamo Gitmo uh, WikiLeaks uh, document dump that occurred over the weekend. Um, I think this uh, continues to be a kind of an interesting political and historical story. And uh, obviously it's interesting that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Attorney General Eric Holder I had another press conference talking about the frustration that the Obama administration has had regarding closing Guantanamo Bay, a a commitment, some say a promise, that Obama has not been able to keep. But I think what's interesting about uh, the sort of cursory examination of some of the uh, information are the complicated aspects to this whole case. Gitmo, of course, is in Cuba. Guantanamo Bay is a uh, remnant of the Spanish-American War. Uh, The United States has some sort of bizarre lease agreement with the Castro government in which we pay them $1 a year to rent Guantanamo Bay, which we've uh, continued to maintain as a essentially a naval base, but uh, during the global war on terror, which I would argue is one of the uh, greatest frauds uh, perpetrated uh, in American history by the Bush administration, Guantanamo Bay became a kind of a receptacle for so-called enemy non-combatants. And the POW issue is... uh, kind of interesting. You know, a lot of great movies, I just wanted to mention the movies over the years that have dealt with prisoners of war. Some of them include The Bridge Over the River Kwai, Stalag 17, The Great Escape, Breaker Morant, The Deer Hunter, the recent Herzog movie called Rescue Dawn. Of course, there was a television show in the 60s, a goofball television show called uh, Hogan's Heroes that my mother, uh, interestingly, found very offensive. She couldn't understand how Americans could create a sitcom about 
POW camps. And, of course, in the TV show, the Germans are the bumbling idiots. And Hogan is uh, operating some sort of, uh, shall we say, a military operations behind enemy lines in, 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 in the custody of the Germans while all these uh, great things are going on for the uh, Allied side. And, of course, this is all fictionalized. Uh, it's interesting that even the good, the bad, and the ugly has a brief prisoner of war camp issue in it um, in which uh, uh, Blondie and uh, Toko get uh, picked up because they mistakenly have the wrong uniforms on because the movie takes place in the Civil War and it's about gold and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai, of course, is uh, David Lean's epic it's uh, perhaps a little too long, but it's a very memorable uh, movie for a lot of reasons. And POWs are covered, broadly speaking, under a thing called the Geneva Conventions. I think, and I don't want to be quoted on this, I should have looked this up, but I believe it's the Geneva Convention of 1907 regarding POWs. So, for instance, while Germany was uh, gassing six million Jews and killing millions of Slavs, communists, uh, and other people, uh, they were adhering to the Geneva Conventions, so to speak, with regard to American, British, French, and even Russian personnel. Essentially, if a combatant is in a uniform, he is protected under uh, the Geneva Conventions regarding POWs. And, of course, the POW issue has been... You know, it was a festering sore, for instance, throughout the Vietnam War. Uh, ending the Vietnam War was uh, problematic for the Nixon administration because um, POW negotiations were one of the snafus uh, with the negotiations that were going on between the American government and the North Vietnamese uh, government as it became quite clear that America was going to lose this war. We've heard a lot about the MIAs, and it's been reported repeatedly over the years here on Gray Matters. Uh, while there were uh, several thousand American MIAs, uh, two-thirds of the MIAs apparently disappeared over water somewhere in Indochina. Some of them probably, uh, in fact, died in either Cambodia or Laos. The Herzog movie Rescue Dawn goes into that a little bit. And you can see from a movie like The Deer Hunter, for instance, in which irregular prisoner of war camps are very difficult to maintain uh, in guerrilla war conditions. One of the uh, great things about the movie Breaker Morant, uh, the outstanding Australian movie uh, that came out in the late 70s that dealt with the Boer War and how a group of Australian uh, quote-unquote commandos who were in an irregular outfit. They were wearing uniforms, but they were out in the field. They were out in the bush. And they had the, no ability to deal with POWs. I'd like to point out that the Barack Obama administration, to my knowledge, and I, I heard this uh, on a radio call-in show today, and the BBC uh, did some coverage of this last night, has in fact not taken in any POWs, any new POWs to Guantanamo. All of the prisoners of war in question here, or enemy combatants, whatever you want to call them, 
were brought in by the Bush administration. And the Bush administration, while they captured some obvious uh, obvious bad terrorists, there were many miscarriages of justice. And they were padding their numbers at Guantanamo Bay to justify its existence. But frankly, Guantanamo Bay is a far superior POW camp, if you want to call it that, than, say, Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan or Abu Ghraib in Iraq, which, of course, uh, the photographs from Abu Ghraib, for all intents and purposes, ended any possibility of any success, quote-unquote, in the Iraq war. And, of course, POWs uh, have emerged this weekend. We have uh, the usual... Uh, awardee John McCain uh, getting a brain damage award. He went to Libya to uh, praise the rebels as, quote, my heroes, unquote. And I found that to be one of the most bizarre and misguided comments uh, made by any elected official in quite some time. John McCain, find your space helmet and put it back on. You continue to operate in the public arena without it. And while it's unclear exactly what's going to happen in uh, Libya, it's also interesting and ironic that even today there was a prisoner of war escape somewhere in southern Afghanistan near Kandahar. 500 Taliban escaped. Some were recaptured. Some of them weren't. Uh, to get an idea of uh, what's going to happen over the next couple of days regarding their the outcome of uh, all these prisoners. Watch The Great Escape. I don't know if anybody's got any motorcycles or how well you know the German or have forged documents, but uh, I suspect most of them will be recaptured, but some of them will not be. And, of course, the problem here in, in Afghanistan in particular and even in Iraq, is that you have irregular forces without uniforms participating in the conflict. Uh, this is very similar, for instance, in World War II to uh, the partisans, quote-unquote, the people that were organized by Josef Tito in Yugoslavia. They were anti-fascists, and they were fighting the uh, occupying uh, forces, the Croatians, essentially. Uh, Yugoslavia was an amalgam of uh, sort of the remnants of the Austro-Hungarian Empire and the uh, Ottoman Empire after Tito organized Yugoslavia as a nation-state after World War II. But partisans, of course, wore pretty much civilian clothes and carried rifles and were engaged in sabotage and that sort of thing. And, for instance, one of the interesting things about the uh, bridge over the River Kwai, just to keep uh, talking about these famous movies, is that at one point you have uh, William Holden, who's the American who who escapes from the POW camp, is uh, brought into custody by the British commando team that wants to sabotage this bridge that the POWs are building for the Japanese military. And it's very important to realize that POWs, and of course a lot of the movie deals with this sort of uh, hoity-toity attitude of Alec Guinness regarding adherence to the Geneva Convention. He keeps yelling about it, he keeps shaking the pamphlet and whatnot, and of course the Japanese uh, commander in the movie uh, doesn't want to drink that cup of tea. 
so to speak. And uh, this, of course, adds to the drama. But the commando unit that Holden eventually gets involved in is a sabotage British sort of guerrilla outfit that's operating behind enemy lines. And, of course, at the end of the movie, that I don't want to give away the... Uh, I don't want to spoil the outcome of it. Um, they, uh, in a uh, ironic uh, twist of fate, accomplished their goal. POWs, of course, were a big sticking and debating point at Yalta. And I wanted to mention this uh, historical relevance, the historical re relevance of this issue, because as the Allied forces liberated Western Europe from Normandy and in, were moving east, and the Russian army was moving west uh, in their counteroffensive, and they met in the, with the River Elbe and all that stuff, FDR, Churchill, and Stalin had um, post-war discussions at Yalta in February of 1945. And one of the big issues of contention was the POW issue. And you would say, well, why is there a POW debate here? Well, as the German prisoner of war camps were being liberated of Allied prisoners of war, there were Russians in their midst. Russians were taken prisoner of war. And Joseph Stalin's opinion of POWs was that they were traitors. Uh, he pretty much gave standing orders that you were to die with your boots on, that you were not to be taken prisoner of war, that you were to die, but not to be captured. So Joseph Stalin, of course, wanted these uh, Russian POWs to be turned over to him. They were in the custody of the British and the Americans. Churchill and FDR had a Friendly disagreement on this issue. FDR didn't particularly want the POW issue to uh, gum up the works regarding his main objectives at Yalta, which were the creation of the United Nations and a, a Russian agreement to enter World War II uh, against the Japanese uh, because the Japanese war was still going. But the end of the uh, European conflict, so to speak, was inevitable. It was just a question of time. And it was a question of who was going to get to Berlin first. We all know from the historical record that the Russians, in fact, got to Berlin first, and that Churchill, uh, that Adolf Hitler committed suicide in um, his bunker with his uh, queen, Eva Braun. And I mentioned that jokingly because of all the American media obsession with the upcoming royal wedding to be held in Britain later this year. I have no idea why the American media has sent their uh, talk shows over there to to be at this event. Um, I'm sure that Kate Middleton is a lovely person, but I don't understand America's obsession with this. Yes, Prince William is an heir to the throne of Great Britain, but I think there are serious questions to whether he'll ever be coronated king of England uh, due to uh, changing political budget issues, uh, political uh, attitudes, etc. But we'll see, and who knows. The, uh, stay tuned to that uh, ensuing chapter. Obviously, Prince Charles is next in line, but uh, there's been some open discussion of uh, bypassing Prince Charles and going right to King William. We'll see. In any event, uh, this, this issue about the Russian uh, POWs was, was a matter of contention. Churchill viewed... 
thought that the Allies should not return the Russian POWs to Stalin because he accurately predicted that they would either be executed or um, sent to slave labor camps in Siberia and other assorted places around that vast nation called Russia, where we know from negative land that there are 11 time zones. FDR didn't want to basically gum up the works, and they eventually came to kind of a loose agreement on the issue. And needless to say, most of those Russian POWs that were turned over were executed. The WikiLeaks um, sort of uh, revelations regarding the, the, these, these POWs that have been returned, and by the way, it's important to keep the numbers clear here. 537 were returned by the Bush administration. 67 have been um, returned by the Obama administration. And then there is something like 100, I think the number I heard was 172 are still in detention. And they have been deemed as too dangerous to let go with murky evidence about whether or not to proceed with trials. Now, the most famous prisoner in uh, Guantanamo Bay, of course, is Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Uh, there's been a discussion about the Saudi Arabian uh, uh, returnee program. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting that, uh, according to the uh, sort of chart that the uh, New York Times has regarding the Guantanamo files, they write that more than 100 detainees were repatriated in 2006 through 2007 because of a diplomatic deal. It's my understanding that some of them have been put into, quote-unquote, re-education camps. I don't know what those are. Uh, they sound a little sort of like a Stalin re-education camp. Some of them have probably been executed. Saudi Arabia has the death penalty, and we read down here once on the Harper's Index that the official executioner in Saudi Arabia is paid $2,000 to chop off people's heads. So while the American media is all in, in an uproar, uh, some on the left are in an uproar about uh, what's going on with Guantanamo, and Obama is being attacked by both the right and the left for his, Ob uh, his Guantanamo policy, don't be surprised if many of these uh, returned Guantanamo detainees have been, in fact, executed. We will hear a lot about, for instance, the fellow that now appears to be fighting with the Libyan rebels, uh, a guy named Abu Sufyan Abraham Ahmad Hamouda, apparently one of John McCain's heroes. Um, that's what he's doing. Um, and the Obama administration issued an official statement in which they state, and I'll just quote briefly from the letter by Pentagon Press uh, Secretary Jeff uh, Morrill, Jeff Morrill, um, who is called um, and co-signed by an ambassador, uh, Dan uh, Freed, special envoy for closure of the Guantanamo detention facility. That, of course, is the objective of the Obama administration. That's their intention. That's what they're trying to do. But they've run into problems. One problem is Congress won't appropriate the money. 
The other problem is we have these detainees that no countries want. Uh, for instance, there have been uh, there there was a Supreme Court hearing just a, a, a week ago regarding five Chinese Uyghurs. Nobody will take them, um, and the Supreme Court didn't hear their case. Uh, they basically filed a sort of one of these writ of habeas corpus uh, appeals, and they really don't have any standing because there is a great deal of confusion. By some on the left, a friend of mine gave me a blog to read a couple weeks ago in which this fellow in this blog couldn't distinguish the difference between Miranda warnings and the Geneva Convention. Uh, His writing was poor. His arguments were poor. He, of course, was attacking Obama and trying to equate Obama with Bush, but I don't think he understood the important distinctions or the historical relevance of this complicated policy. In short, this is a mess, and this is a mess that the Bush administration created. Part of it was domestic propaganda. They wanted to make the American people believe, oh, we've detained all these people in Guantanamo Bay. Look how dangerous the world is. You know, I saw an interesting Harper's Index uh, item a couple weeks ago, listed the number of Americans that died in terrorism, and I believe the year was uh, 2009, and the number was eight, and then it contrasted that with the number of Americans that died in, as a result of being hit by lightning, and that number was 29. So I'm not sure if we're going to have a global war against lightning, but maybe we should. And maybe Americans should get over this idea that there are, you know, that, that there's this global war on terrorism. There are people fighting America in Iraq and Afghanistan and Pakistan and other places because our military is there fighting them. Uh, it's been announced, for instance, over the past week that drone attacks will commence in Libya. And indeed, apparently today there was a drone attack on Gaddafi's headquarters directly. Gaddafi, of course, doesn't have any big fans in the United States, but the Libyan policy is, you can tell that it's starting to get murky and mucky. And when you have John McCain, um, Lindsey Graham and Joe Lieberman, who all graced the talk shows this weekend demanding a more aggressive Libyan policy, none of them were asked one question about how to pay for it. Kind of unfortunate, because that's the hypocrisy of the people on their soapboxes talking on the Sunday morning talk shows. And I believe all three of them went to Libya. I'm not sure if they went as a team, but they always act as a team when attacking uh, Obama uh, from their different perspectives. And, of course, Lindsey Graham's running for re-election. Amazingly, John McCain just easily won re-election, and Joe Lieberman thankfully, is retiring from the Senate. He will not be missed because he is uh, pompous, among other things. Now, another very famous detainee at uh, Guantanamo Bay, besides college, Sheikh Mohammed, and there, of course, is a big debate about whether or not to have a trial. A couple years ago, Obama wanted to have a trial. Who are the politicians that started screaming, no, 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 we can't have a trial. This will cost New York City too much money. Um, we, we don't want a trial because hmm, maybe some of the facts about 9-11 will come out that we aren't interested in having revealed. 
Very interesting article, by the way, in the September 13th, 2010 edition of the New Yorker magazine regarding Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, entitled The Mastermind by Terry McDermott. This is a really lengthy article, but it's a fascinating uh, description of uh, his background, his involvement in the uh, 93 uh, attack on the World Trade Center, his involvement as the, quote, mastermind, and his interesting connections to the government of Iran. Uh, read the article. It's uh, got some uh, very interesting observations. And I think it will reveal why the Republican Party here in the United States doesn't want to have any public trials uh, here in the United States in which the media will be present, in which they can report on what the testimony is. We had trials uh, for the first World Trade Center bombing. I don't remember any of those people escaping. Uh, in fact, uh, none. There hasn't been one person to ever escape from a maximum federal prison facility here in the United States. There have certainly been some prison breaks from some state facilities, most famously James Earl Ray, but not federal. And uh, keep that in mind when uh, analyzing the, the recurring debate that's going to be had about this uh, situation. Another very famous uh, detainee at uh, Guantanamo was Abu uh, Zubaya, and uh, he was waterboarded while in the custody of the CIA. And who's a terror? And I'm quoting here from the article in the in uh, today's New York Times, whose interrogations are cited in the risk assessments of more than a hundred prisoners. His lawyers have noted that his accusations against others have been systematically removed from government filings in court cases an indication that officials no longer are certain of their reliability. Surprise, surprise. Tortured, uncertain of their reliability. What's new? Uh, when it came to the Bush administration, he uh, was in uh, detention for uh, four and a half years. He was cited... <laughs> actually in, in testimony before Congress by the Bush administration to justify the invasion of Iraq. It's incredible. But everything about this story is incredible. Just wanted to thank Andrew for engineering this evening. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly right here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Gray Matters has been the show in question tonight. One other important thing that I want to add to this confusing picture regarding the situation in Guantanamo Bay is how a lot of how a lot of these prisoners got there. You know, it's been widely reported that uh, the Bush administration offered something something outrageous, like a bounty of five thousand dollar rewards for um, people that were connected to Al Qaeda. And how many of these people are actually connected to Al Qaeda? It's always remained a little murky. Uh, John McCain was throwing around Al-Qaeda again uh, over the weekend, and I was kind of wondering what planet he'd been on. Because um, interestingly, this rebel uh, that's now working as a, as a Libyan uh, rebel fighter uh, was given to Gaddafi uh, by the Bush administration as part of a, a, a deal, a, a deal in which... Uh, 
intelligence would be exchanged and swapped. Uh, hmm. 